Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. This is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Joshua Chaden, coming to you from Astoria, Queens. And I'm Sarah from Flatbush in Brooklyn. For those of you who are new to the program, we're an inclusive direct action group of LGBTQ people and their allies committed to nonviolently breaking the gun industry's chain of death. That means investors, manufacturers, the NRA, and politicians who block safer gun laws. We work to ensure safety for all individuals, particularly those that are in vulnerable communities, such as people of color, women, people who struggle with mental health issues, LGBTQ people, and religious minorities. GAG condemns uh, white supremacy, all instances of excessive force by police and police militarization. This week, we consider the possible demise of the National Rifle Association. The latest, yeah, the latest <laughs> in gun violence prevention news and how guns are trafficked along the East Coast's iron pipeline and actions that Gays Against Guns is planning to respond to this crisis. You know, we're thrilled to have you join us. Uh, this is our first live show since the pandemic started. So Sarah and I are really excited. Uh, first up, we have the latest gun violence prevention news brought to us this week by Sarah. Gun sales surge in New York. New Yorkers are arming themselves at a record pace, according to the New York Post's Sarah Dorn. They bought more guns this June than any other June in the past decade, data show. The FBI ran 52,252 background checks for people seeking to buy firearms in the state, a 120% increase from June 2019. Most, or 31,003 background checks, were for people seeking to buy a rifle. Cliff Flagger, owner of Long Island Gun Source, closed the store briefly after the state shuttered businesses in mid-March, but he was able to secure essential business status and reopened about a week later. When the original COVID scares started in the beginning of March and people thought they might get laid off, at that point we saw a huge surge. We sold out of almost everything we had in the store, he said, noting many first-time gun buyers opt to buy rifles in order to bypass the license needed for handguns. At the same time, gun purchases soared, so did shootings. New York saw 205 shootings in June, the bloodiest June in 24 years, the department said. Researchers at the University of California, Davis, estimate that an extra 2.1 million guns sold nationwide between March and May this year are linked to 776 gun-related injuries that would not have occurred without the sales spike. Increase in gun violence results in fewer arrests and convictions on gun charges. New York Times. In the past few weeks, Mayor Bill de Blasio and his police commissioner, Dermot F. Shea, have tied the steep rise in shootings in New York City to a breakdown in the criminal justice system that they contend has allowed criminals back out on the streets. The mayor and commissioner have cited a range of causes that they have portrayed as outside of their control, the pandemic and the George Floyd protests, as well as measures approved by the state legislature, including one that eliminated cash bail for many defendants. But a confidential analysis of police data conducted by city officials not released to the public offers little, if any, evidence to back up their claims. 
In fact, the analysis obtained by the New York Times suggests the state's new bail law and the mass release of inmates from city jails in recent months because of the coronavirus outbreak played almost no role in the spike of shootings. Instead, the analysis points to a different possible reason for the wave of shootings. The number of arrests for gun crimes has plummeted. While murders and shootings have surged, reports of other major crimes have actually fallen in recent months. Still, the spike in gun violence has stirred deep fears that the city might be sliding back to an era of random violence on the streets. Recent shooting victims have included two teenagers going to play basketball and a baby boy. Still, Michael LePetri, the police department's chief of crime control strategies, says the virus's effects on the criminal justice system were being felt on the streets. Chief LePetri acknowledged the number of gun arrests had dropped off, saying the force was stretched thin because of the pandemic and the need to redeploy people to cover protests. In the past month, he said, the department has started moving robbery detectives to work on violent crime and has shifted more than 300 officers in administrative positions to precincts with a high number of shootings. We were stretched, even an agency as big as the NYPD, he said. And from the trace, gun companies receive millions in PPP loans. Firearm sales are soaring, but manufacturers like Henry and Century Arms received coronavirus relief funds from the federal government. Gun companies received tens of millions of dollars in loans granted by the Federal Paycheck Protection Program, new data shows, even as firearm sales hit record levels amid the coronavirus pandemic. The trace identified more than 50 manufacturers of guns and gun accessories that received such loans, which altogether totaled between 33 million and 75 million. The companies reported that they were able to retain more than 3,000 jobs which would have otherwise been lost. Two companies, Brownells and Kimber Manufacturing, both received between 5 and 10 million, the largest loans available. The Trump administration initiated the Paycheck Protection Program to create an incentive for employers to avoid layoffs during the pandemic. Thanks so much for sharing those news pieces with us uh, this week, Sarah. And listeners, be sure to watch this space for other news in the fight to end gun violence in America, brought to you by GAG. Uh, now, each week at this time, we remember and honor a person whose life was taken as a result of gun violence. Today, we're honoring Raylan Elise Craig. This past Saturday in St. Joseph, Missouri, another life ended tragically and far, far too soon at the hands of senseless gun violence. Raylan Elise Craig was just two years old. She was killed after being being hit by gunfire during a drive-by shooting that involved two other adult victims, both of whom survived the incident. Raylin was born premature and beat the odds. Her family visited a memorial outside the location where she was shot just yesterday to leave signs among all the teddy bears, gifts, notes, and candles that have been uh, placed in her honor. A relative, Kennedy Sollers, and their fam said that their family is heartbroken about Raylin. She was an angel. She was so smart. I always thought that she was so smart, Solar said. She was always a fighter. She was born premature, and she beat the odds, and she was here. The investigation, investigation into the shooting is still ongoing, and they don't currently have someone in custody. So if anyone out there, anyone at all, has in, 
any additional information, you can reach out to the TIPS hotline at 816-238-TIPS. That's 816-238-TIPS, T-I-P-S. Rest in peace and power, Raylan. You are remembered by the world as a fighter and a true angel. Oh, that beautiful little girl. I know. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Well, probably the most exciting news in the fight to end violence is the news that New York Attorney General and friend of GAG, Letitia James, has brought a case against the National Rifle Association that seeks to dissolve the organization due to a wide-ranging array of self-dealing and fraud. Mm -hmm. In celebration... Josh has prepared a eulogy for the organization in anticipation of their dissolution. RIP NRA, a eulogy for the National Rifle Association. A famous writer once said, villainy wears many masks, none so dangerous as the mask of virtue. Now, if that's true, then the NRA holds the Guinness Book of World Records for owning masks. The NRA was the most villainous organization we've ever known. And judging from the refrains of NRA sashay away, we've led and heard repeated thousands of times over the past four years. It seems that many of you out there would agree. The NRA was born the National Rifle Association of America on November 16, 1871 in New York State. It was the brainchild of Army and Navy journal editor William Conant Church and Captain George Wood Wingate during the Civil War. What began as a means to train people in proper gun usage would grow into a criminal enterprise to drain the pockets of gun enthusiasts, which in turn lined the pockets of its leadership and brought their co-conspirators in Washington, D.C. into power. For 100 years, the NRA remained largely nonpartisan until in 1975 when it met its partner, the Republican Party, and began to focus more on politics and building a family. And over the next 45 years, their family of swampy D.C. lobbyists and politicians would grow. Breaking news of the NRA's pervasive culture of, and corruption and self-dealing with its vendors, namely the Oklahoma-based advertising firm Ackman McQueen, led to its eventual demise. Like Sarah mentioned, New, New York Attorney General and friend of GAG, Letitia Tish James, filed a lawsuit calling for the dissolution of the NRA and the removal of CEO Wayne LaPierre from the leadership post he has held for the past 39 years, saying he and other, others used the group's funds to finance a luxury lifestyle. The chief executive of the NRA and several top lieutenants engaged in decades long, a decades-long pattern of fraud to raid the coffers of the powerful gun rights group for personal gain, draining $64 million dollars from the nonprofit in just three years. Its decades-long battle with common sense and gun violence prevention advocates ended, not so tragically, when the NRA countersued and finally lost its legal battle. The NRA is not survived by its lobbying for ARM, the Institute for Legislative Action, NRA, ILA, its PAC, the Political Victory Fund, that has been one of the biggest spenders in congressional elections, the NRA Civil Defense Fund, and its propaganda machine, NRA TV. It is survived by the Republican Party. Ackerman McQueen, 
indicted Russian agents who influence U.S. politics and undermine its elections, and millions of orphaned NRA members. We asked family and friends to tell us what they remember most about the NRA. There are so many horrible memories, but here are just a few. How about when famous actor and figurehead Charlton Heston raised his rifle in the air, claiming, from my cold, dead hands? What a drama queen. <laughs> right, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, how yeah, yeah. Or how about when uh, Wayne LaPierre responded coldly and falsely to the Sandy Hook Elementary School tragedy that killed 20 children and six adult staff members with the claim that they might still be alive today if the school personnel were armed? Mm. Or the time when the NRA spent $54 million to elect a sociopath and self-described stable genius as president of the United States of America, unleashing a torrent of civil rights abuses and attacks on our civil liberties. The NRA was a remarkably corrupt and misleading organization. It was a group of astounding self-dealing and breathtaking fraud. Above all, the NRA believed in greed, obfuscation, unearned luxury, and duping its members. They always said, from our cold, dead hands, well, their wish has finally been granted. NRA, you are a terrible part of Americans' lives. Now sachet away. Woohoo! Bye-bye. Right? See you next time. <laughs> uh, watch this um, space. More will definitely be coming in the days, weeks, and months ahead on this case. We'll be yeah. following it here on Radio Gag. Uh, you're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show here on listener-sponsored commercial free radio, WBAI. We're here every Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m., bringing you the latest from the gun violence prevention movement. And now we have a special guest, fellow gagger and organizer, John Grewiler, who has an update on our upcoming actions to help stem the flow of guns coming into New York illegally along what's known as the Iron Pipeline. Hey, John, are you with us? Okay. Okay. Well, what I can... Well, Sarah, you know that while we wait for John, mm -hmm. um, this was a topic that uh, our friend Trisha Cook and I covered a just a couple of weeks ago. It was two weeks ago now. Um, John has been working uh, really hard over the last couple of weeks and has been organizing an effort to um, have Gag join in the effort to clog what's known as the Iron Pipeline. Um, you know, and while we're waiting for him to call in, I think he is ready, Reggie. Um, he's saying that he's just waiting for the call. Um, we've been looking at ways that GAG can join in. So there's a bunch of legislation I know that we will be supporting. Um, and we have some tricks up our sleeves, um, like we always do in terms of actions, um, direct actions on the ground um, that some of you out there might be interested in joining. What do you think, Sarah? Well, yeah, we do. And we really would love to have the support. Okay. Perfect. Great. John. All right. Thanks, Josh. Good to hear from you guys. Josh Hi, John. Great Hi. show so far. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I can talk a little bit about the um, the Iron Pipeline and the, uh, the, uh, the work that GAG is doing. Yeah, what questions do you have for me? Well, I guess first, you know, we covered it in an earlier uh, show, but for any of our view listeners out there who might not have heard that show or would like a little reminder, could you just tell us briefly what 
about what the iron pipeline is and what it entails? Sure, sure. Um, the iron pipeline refers to any interstate highway that is used to traffic or smuggle guns to the states with strict gun laws. Um, there are several iron pipelines across the nation. Interstate 95 is the iron pipeline that uh, gun runners use to smuggle guns into Chicago, New Jersey, and New York. Um, in short, guns are purchased in southern states with weaker gun laws. They're then taken north on I-95, sold for profit, and then used against and in vulnerable communities. Um, so that's so that's what the iron pipeline is. Yeah. How did um, I know some listeners out there might wonder where the name came from. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I, I heard a little birdie told me that the ATF actually coined the phrase. Yeah, the ATF um, coined the phrase. Uh, and it is something that is sort of, uh, you know, they recognize that this was a problem because the ATF is also um, – restricted from tracing guns per the uh, tired amendments. So um, they recognized that this was just essentially, you know, a through line I-95 for, for guns. And so that's the term um, emerged. There's also something as Iron River in the West Coast, mm. um, another term that funnels guns from Texas and California into Mexico. Um, so, so these are just some, um, you know, some some terms to describe like a very serious problem that has deadly mm -hmm. consequences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and um, for us, what we're doing, um, you know, as you know, Gag, we work to ensure safety for all individuals, um, particularly communities of color. Um, and the Iron Pipeline campaign emerged in response to a lot of different things. The one that Sarah was talking about during the um, crisis, that is, gun stores being deemed essential businesses and the 2.1 million guns sold and 2.3 uh, million background checks that the FBI sort of noted between the months of um, March and June. So between that and there's George Floyd's murder, BLM, the BLM protest and fighting black oppression. Um, and then more, most recently, the 132% increase in gun violence in New York City, all of this stuff um, has, you know, we were thinking a lot about it, looking at it, um, and we recognized that gun trafficking was really responsible for, you know, part of has contributed um, to the, at least to date, 833 shootings and nearly 1,000 plus, plus deaths in New York, primarily in communities of color. So we were thinking about this. We wow. um, decided we had to go after, we had to dismantle, no, destroy the iron pipeline. And in doing that, we will protect black lives and reduce black trauma and oppression. Um, so as far as like bills are concerned, we currently have our eye on two bills, the Gun Trafficking Prohibition Act of 2019, as well as the Tie Heart Restrictions Repeal Act um, of 2018. So we, we think that firearms should be traced. We think that firearm dealers must keep inventory. We think that background checks shouldn't be destroyed, all of which currently exists under the Tyart Amendment. So we're, um, so we're, we're going after those. Uh, so um, we're actually demanding that these bills be 
taken to the floor for a vote, but we have some actions that are going to happen, uh, digital and street actions for folks who want to get in the street and protest with us. Yes. That's great. Um, can you tell us a few other places that our listeners can learn a little bit more about the Iron Pipeline? Just like one or two places that they can look to. Yeah. Well, they can. We're posting um, information on our Facebook page, um, and we'll be tweeting it. Obviously, here Radio Gag on Tuesdays, we're doing a lot of shows. Um, so uh, the Cap is also posting a lot of stuff about this as well. Um, but so they can check out several several sources. Yes. Yeah, That's I great. would say the Trace also would be a good place to take a look. They have excellent uh, the gun violence yep. news. Yep. Well, thanks so much, Sean, for calling in today. This is very exciting. We can't wait to uh, see and hear more. Ah, yes. Well, it was great talking with you, with both of you. All right. Have a a good show. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much. Wow. Well, I can't wait to stop gun traffic. How about you, Sarah? Yeah. Well, we were just talking last week about uh, the flood of guns into neighborhoods and how that affects crime right now at this time when everyone is in a crisis. Mm -hmm. Black and brown people, especially COVID and then more gun violence spiking and and more guns. It's an ugly, ugly formula. And it's an ugly time. Um, And, you know, there's a solution. There's a way that people can contribute and and um, find solutions to this. And they can do it by becoming a member of GAG. Uh, So anyone out there, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstgunsny on Facebook and Instagram and gag no guns on Twitter. You're going to see updates like John mentioned about the Iron Pipeline and so much more. Uh, You can also join us at one of our member meetings that take place every other Thursday via Zoom. And for more information about how to attend member meetings, check us out on our social social media platforms. Our next meeting is actually this Thursday, so that's two nights from today at 7 p.m. Eastern. As always, we plan those direct actions and join demonstrations uh, here in New York and across the country quite regularly. So please join us. Uh, take to the streets. Everybody's welcome. Wow. Yeah. It is time to finish the show with our hell yeah. It's already the end. I know. I love being live and listeners. We love you guys listening too. So it's time for our hell yeahs when we celebrate some of the favorite sheroes and heroes of the past week. And I've got a good one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, hell yeah to the breathe organization and street writers NYC for taking it to the streets this past weekend here in New York and support of the black lives matter movement. A bunch of us gaggers were there. Hell Hell yeah. Yeah. And finally, a huge hell yeah to New York Attorney General Letitia James. The people of New York are sure to be more protected through your leadership during this dark time. Hell Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday and every Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern here on listener-sponsored radio WBAI. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform.
And we leave you with our fabulous political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise. Enjoy. They're going to be singing Vote. <laughs> Texas Blue, Bernie Hill, who's your fave? Get to work and ride the wave. John Lewis, MLK, Rosa Parks, you showed the way. Mandela, Gandhi G, dreamed the world and it came to be. They had guts, they had brains. Cesar Chavez broke our chains. Harvey, Edie, Adrienne. Ask Obama, yes we can. Ladies with an attitude, fellows who are really stewed. Don't just stand there, let's get to it. Strike a blow, there's nothing to it. Vote, vote.